Would you turn this evening to the book of Psalms? The book of Psalms. We are beginning a new series this evening. Are you ready? Now you uh, remember that you have a ministry in your seat. You're believing with me for the utterance, for the anointing, because you heard these testimonies of the people that got blessed in different parts of the world. What happens in these services can have far-reaching effects uh, long after tonight. And so uh, I'm not here to impress you and you're not here to impress me. We're not here just to check a box and say we went to church. Salve our religious conscience. We're here to get something done. Let's get direction. Let's hear from the Lord. Let's get light. Let's get truth. Answers. And then go be a doer of it. And we'll see changes in our life. So Psalm 34. Psalm 34. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. You know, sometimes people hear us talking about what's happened in our lives. and They think we're bragging on ourselves. But no, we're bragging on the Lord. There's no, you know, the things that have happened for this church and for my life and yours. There's no amount of work and effort that we could have done to make it happen. The Lord did it. But now we're going to brag on him about it. So if that bothers you, I'm sorry because it's not going to stop. We're going to brag on him. Because he is worthy to be bragged upon. And that's what this is. I'm going to make my boast. I'm going to boast. I'm going to brag on him. And don't let it bother you. The humble shall hear it and be glad. So it's only the haughty, proud folks that don't like to hear it. Oh, come on and magnify the Lord with me. Don't let it bug you, but come on and join me. And let's magnify and exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Man, if you've had fear trouble, and most folks have of some kind. You know, the Lord had us on this, what was it, a year ago or whenever it was? We camped on this for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it's available. You can download it for free online and get, it, and get delivered from all your fears. You're supposed to be fear free. No fear. No fear. They looked to him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and said, I'm sorry. But it is my will for you to be poor. You know, some it is. And you're giving me more glory being broke and in your financial trouble. So just bear it like a man and bear your cross. No. (laughs) Do you know why I say all that stuff? Because millions believe that. Instead of this. No, the poor man cried. And the Lord heard him. And what happened? Come on, tell me what the Lord did. He saved him. 
out of all his trust. His car didn't get repossessed. He didn't get put out in the street. The Lord said, he's, now, somebody said, why you say that? Because it had to do with him being poor. It's why he had the troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear him and deliver them. Oh, taste and see. Come on and find out for yourself. Don't just stand off there in the back. Come on, get you a spoon. Come on up in here and get you a big dip. Of what? Of the Lord's goodness and find out for yourself why all of us are so excited. Why we act like we do. Why we get loud sometimes and why we move around and It's real. Taste and see what? See what? That the Lord is good. Come on, say that out loud. That the Lord is good. One more time. That the Lord is good. That's the title of the new series. <laughs> the Lord is good. Or God is good. God is good. You must say, you can't have a whole sermon on God is good. How about the rest of the year? It's big. The more I look at it, the bigger it gets. But I'm stirred in my spirit. That we need to, and you know, when you get to thinking about it, man, it stirs you even more. Because why would the Lord have us get on this? Why? Why? See, every time he's led us on something, it's because it was for the time. And there's some things that were being emphasized going on. Well, what's being emphasized now? Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready to see the goodness of the Lord right here and now in the land of the living. Oh, praise you. Praise you. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. You are good. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, I reckon this is the right direction. <laughs> you can be seated. Go where the go where the anointing is. Stay with the anointing. Well, if that's the result of the reading of the text, (laughs) where are we going to go from here? (laughs) Now, this series perhaps should come with a label and a warning. (laughs) 
may cause extreme excitement. You, you may get so excited you can't go to sleep right away when you, when you lay down. You may have to pull over on the side of the road sometime and just shout for a while. <laughs> because it is true. He is good. Good. Now you'll see that that is an emphasis in this psalm, this whole psalm. Because you think about it. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continue to be in my mouth. Why? And he's been so good to me. My soul's going to make her boast in the Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord. Let's exalt his name. Why? He delivered me from all my fears. That's being good to you. You look to him and were enlightened. That's him being good to you. When you were poor, you called on him and he saved you out of your poverty troubles. That's being good to you. The angel of the Lord encamped round about you and kept you from being destroyed and protected you. Why? He's so good. That's why he said, oh, taste and see. If you don't already know this, then what are you hanging outside for? Come on in and see for yourself. Don't just take our word for it. Come on in and taste for yourself and see that the Lord is good. Keep reading. He said, uh, oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for there is no want. How much? I don't know if I can preach this without talking in tongues. There is what? How much? How can you believe in poverty? Be in the will of God with a Bible like this. There is zero, no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. Now, why do you say young lions? That's the strongest and the swiftest. In this world, the strongest, the youngest, the most able, the sharpest still go without, still go under, still fail. Being strong is not enough. Being intelligent is not enough. You can still wind up without. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But, but, they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Why? Because he's good. And when you seek him, when you seek a good God, you get good things. Hallelujah. <laughs> the devil don't want you to know this. I don't know if you thought about it, but this is one of the biggest areas. You know why? There are people out in the parking lot trying to get in the door tonight with no room. Why? Because many have become convinced God is not really good. And so why do they need him? And why bother? And he might do bad stuff in your life and it might be his will. And the enemy 
knows this. He knows it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. So he's done everything that he can do to deceive people. And blind them from seeing the goodness of God. Because when you see how good he is. (laughs) It's mighty hard. To stiffen your neck and steal yourself. Against him. I know years ago working in the healing school at Brother Hagin's ministry. We were having a meeting. And uh, this this fellow come in the back and he's real rough looking. You know, look like a outlaw type. And, <laughs> and uh, kind of gruff, you know, stern look like he didn't even want to be there. And why was he there? And actually made some noises, you know, kind of moving around and grunting and sighing and just, you know, disrespectful. And he was a great big guy and, you know, kind of rough looking. And uh, the, uh, the anointing came in. God started healing people. He healed a little boy, child. And it was obvious to some people there. And he, I glanced up one time and he was mesmerized. He was looking at that child and he knew something was going on. And then in about another 30 minutes, I see him holding on to the front of the chair in front of him and big old tears coming down his face. And then just sobbing. Well, when I was able to finish up, I went back there to him and I said, uh, Brother, is everything okay? He just cried. He just looked at me and kept crying. I said, is everything okay? He said, uh. He said, he healed me. I said, what? He said, I guess God healed me. I said, well, did he? Uh, I'm healed. I said, it must have been him. It wasn't me. But this is what he, he looked at me and said, why would God heal me? I said, because he's good. He said, I don't understand this. He said, I've been a bad man. I said, God's merciful. He came and died for sinners, for the ungodly. And we all qualified. He said, but why, just big old crocodile tears fall. He said, why would God heal me? He said, I'm sure a lot of these people here are better people. I said, it's not based on that. He said, why would God heal me? I said, he's good. He said, well, I want him. I led him in the sinner's prayer right there. Gave his heart to the Lord. But to me, such a graphic example of what the goodness of God does to people. Because they've, God's been lied on. I said he's been lied on. Worldwide, people have told other people, and sometimes people that were supposed to be ministers, have told people, they didn't say it, but in so many words, that God's mean. And he's hard. And he'll get you. And that he's holy and he don't want anything to do with you because you're so defiled and full of sin. 
And it's a lie. I said it's a lie. God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. He loves us. And he is good. And a good God wants to do good things in your life. Read it again. He said, the young lions, strongest of the strong, do lack and suffer hunger. See, people think, you know, well, you just got to have enough willpower. You just got to work hard enough. Well, you got to be smart enough. None of it's enough. Don't care how smart you think you are, you're going to find it is not enough. Don't care how strong you think you are, what kind of strong will you think you have, it can fade quicker than you think. But there's a God who cannot fail, who never gets weary. Hallelujah. And if you seek him, what does it say? They that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Is that you? Do you seek the Lord? Do you love the Lord? Then is it true that as you progress from this point in your life on out that you shall not want for any good thing? Say it out loud. I shall not. I shall not. Want for any good thing. I won't want, I won't lack or want for any good thing. Come, you children, and hearken to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desires life and loves many days that he may what? You see, this is the, a recurring theme in the psalm. And that he may see what? Good. See good. See, it's not just living a long time. Who wants to live decade after decade a life that ain't worth living? I don't. I don't want to just see how many numbers I can rack up. I don't want to exist. I want to live. Yeah, I want to see many days, but I want to see many good days. Good days. It's not a good day when you got tubes on every side. You're racked in pain. It's not a good day when you got so much financial pressure and you can't pay your bills. That's not good. Now people are trying to tell you, well, that may be good and you just don't know it. No, it's bad and you just don't know it. (laughs) There's a difference between good and bad. God's not bad. He's good. He is good and he does good. The psalmist said. He doesn't do bad. He does good. Good is his will. Bad is not his will. He said, do you want to see a lot of days and life and see good? Then keep your tongue from evil. Now, evil is another. Today, instead of saying evil, we'd probably say bad. If you look up the word, you'll see what I'm talking about. Evil has kind of got a religious connotation to most people. But really... Evil here is the opposite of the word good. And what instead of saying evil in our modern vernacular, we'd probably say good and bad. So keep your tongue from bad 
if you want to see good. Oh man, there's a whole sermon right here now, isn't it? You want to see good? Talk good. Oh, come on. How many know there are many other scriptures? Life and death. It's in the power of the tongue. You talk about how bad your life is, what's going to happen? It's going to get badder. That's right. You talk bad, you're going to feel bad, you're going to act bad, you're going to look bad. It's going to be bad. But how many believe, according to the principles revealed in the Word of God, it could be bad and you could start talking good? Even in the middle of your trouble, at the bottom of the barrel, right, in your pain, in your poverty, you could start talking about the goodness of the Lord and the blessings of the Lord. And you could talk faith and you could talk life and you could talk victory. And if you did it day and night, day and night, day and night... You'd come out and you'd see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's what he's taught us. That's what the word teaches you all through it. You want to live a long time? You want to have a lot of good days? You're into your 80s and your 90s and you're just having one good day right after another. How many know that's a good witness? Other people have lost their minds and can't even walk by themselves and get out of the house. And you ride your bike around the block singing praises to Jesus and you're 98. That's a good witness. And they want to know how you do it. They're expecting you to give them your secret formula diet or this or that or doctor or whatever. And you go, Jesus, (laughs) he's good. And I watch my mouth. You want to experience good, you got to talk good. Isn't that what he's saying? You want to see good days? You want to live a long time and see good? Verse 13, keep your tongue from bad, evil, and your lips from speaking guile. Now, guile is deception and hypocrisy, lying and deceiving. You lie and deceive, your life's not going to go good. Keep on. Depart from evil. Now, again, let, let me just encourage you to do this. Every time you see the word evil, in your mind, think what? Ba- it'll help you. Because evil kind of just is a religious word to a lot of people. Bad. And bad is the opposite of what? Good. Went on to say, depart from bad. And do what? Do good. Seek peace. Not arguing and fussing and fighting. Seek peace. And pursue it. I mean go after it. Don't be a troublemaker. Be a peacemaker. Don't be the last one to get things straight. Be the first one. Get in there and get things straight. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. And his ears are open to their cry. And the face of the Lord is against them that do bad, evil. To cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Why? He's a good God. He's not in bad. He doesn't support bad. He doesn't help bad. Verse 17. The righteous cry. And the Lord hears them. And delivers them. Out of all. Their. Troubles. Why? Because he's good. He's good to heal. He's good to forgive. He's good to deliver. 
He's good to provide. He's good to protect. He's good. And he's good every morning. And he's good every night. And he's good all the time. And he's good everywhere. And he never changes. He never has a bad day. A good God can't have a bad day. Now get this. What if you're full of a good God? What if you are full of a good God? You can't have a bad day either. He can't have a bad day. He never has a bad day. Bless people. It's hard to hear Christian. Tongue talkers. Bible toters. CD players. Talking about, I'm just having a bad day today. You know, we all have valleys. We have to go through. Where's that scripture? People quote it like it's a scripture. Well, you know, we all have our ups and our downs and. You know, we have our good days and our bad days. The Lord said there'd be some rain with the sunshine. Oh, he did now. What scripture are you quoting? <laughs> well, we all have our bad days. You're not supposed to have bad days. Even in times of great trial, you're supposed to overcome. And even if it was something going on, when you win, it's not a bad day. It's a good day. And you don't quit until you win. Because he always causes us to triumph. None of this, I'm having a bad day. Well, I'm just having a bad day, Brother Keith. Y'all pray for me. I'm having a bad day. Yeah, and you're going to have some more. Now let's just back up. If you want to see good days, what did he say do? Watch your mouth that you don't speak evil and bad. So what do we know of people always having bad days? They are talking bad stuff. Has to be. Well, even if that was you yesterday, today's a new day and that day's gone, right? So from now on, it's just good days. No, the Lord never said there'd be any trials and tests and challenges. Yeah, but that don't mean it has to be a bad day. You can overcome and have a victory, and then it's a good day. Amen. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all, A-L-L, their troubles. That means you can have a good day no matter what. Because you're going to get delivered. You're going to come out. The Lord is near to them that are of a broken heart. And save such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But. Don't forget that now. (laughs) But the Lord delivers him out of them all. Does that mean what it says? Does all mean all? Can we expect to win every time? To come out and overcome every time? It either does or this doesn't mean what it says. 
I believe it means what it says. And why do we overcome again and again and again and again and again? Because God is a good. Not because we've done everything right and perfect because we know everything and got all the faith in the world. It's because God is a good. good. And see, we should have faith in his goodness. And as we go over this, faith comes by hearing. We're hearing about the goodness of God. Our faith is going to come up, and I don't believe just a little bit. It's going to come up a big measure. Our faith in the goodness of God. Do you know why people don't believe in healing? They don't know the goodness of God. They haven't seen his goodness in this area. You know why a lot of people, you know, like like this lady was talking about, you know, didn't like to hear it when preachers talked about prosperity. And a lot of people don't. It bugs them. It really, really bothers them. You know why? They have not seen the goodness of God. They just haven't seen it. Oh, yeah, they're talking about, well, I know know God's good. He's good to save. Well, he's good far beyond you being born again. He is good. And a good God does good things. I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit, but I got excited when I saw this today. I'm just pretty excited all the way around right now. Woo! They come too late to tell me God's not good, man. I'm, I'm living in some goodness. I'm, this, is, this is a good ride, I'm telling you. This is, goodness, somebody say goodness. The goodness of God. The goodness of God. A good God does good things. Now, you know, looking, of course, good, do you know how many times... The word good is used in the Bible. Wow. You got to get your calculator out. I'm telling you. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. I reckon the ones I saw just today must have been close to a thousand. And I'm just getting started. He is good. Now when the Bible tells you that many times something. It's for a reason. It's not just to fill up space. In the book. Or because God couldn't think of another word. (laughs) It's because this is important. And every time we hear the words of the Lord. Faith comes from hearing that specific word. And so when we hear about the goodness of God. Faith should come into us. In him being good. We should know his goodness. And believe and expect his goodness. Well one thing. I read. Well let me just read to you the definition of the word good. I think you'll like this. I looked up every Hebrew and Greek word I could in the time I had along this line. And you got to use more than one word. It's a big word. The word good from the original means pleasant. Beautiful. Excellent. Rich. Well. Well, there's that health and wealth. Appropriate. Beneficial. Happy. Honest. And honorable. Those are from the same words. 
And the last one, right. Right. When you're saying God is good, you're saying God is pleasant. God is beautiful. God is excellent. God is rich. God is well. God always knows what's appropriate. Always does what's perfect and appropriate. Always does what's beneficial. What benefits the most. Happy, God is happy. You know, God sings. God is honest, cannot tell a lie. Honorable, he is honor. And God is always right. Well, a good God always wants to do pleasant things, beautiful things, excellent things, rich things, well things, appropriate and beneficial things, happy things. That's a phrase my mother-in-law, Miss Nilva, uses sometime. I guess it's a kind of a Cajun phrase. She give us a little gift sometime, and we talk about it. She says, oh, that's just a little happy. Yeah. <laughs> What's that for? Oh, that's just a little happy. Yeah. Well, God's very big into happies. Yeah. He's very big into it. Yeah. And Faith Life Church is huge and big into happies. This is where hospitality comes in, right? I mean, people come in, and we want them to have some happies in their room when they come in. So just some, well, what was that for? Oh, it's just a little happy. It's just a little something good. Which means it's a little something godly. Because God is good. He's good, he's good, he's good, he's good. God is good. And in looking up this, Man, maybe I am getting ahead of myself. Go to Genesis. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. You had enough or can you take some more? <laughs> oh, no. They said, uh, uh, Genesis. How does the book start? Verse 1. Genesis 1.1. One. <laughs> you know where I'm going? Are you excited about it? Yeah. <laughs> Is it good? Yeah. <laughs> In the beginning, God, who is good, created the heaven and the earth, which are both good. And it talks about, he said, let there be light, and there was. And verse 4, and God saw the light, and of all the things that he could have said about it. Hmm? What did he say? Now get a picture. I, let this get in your spirit and you'll get insight into the inside of God. Not just what he has done, but who he is. He is real. He is knowable. He has personality and ways. And if you were to describe the insides of God... Here's one of the big words you could use. He is completely and perfectly good. He's good. And God from his insides 
had this vision of what light is, we know so little about these things. You know, so many of the greatest advances in technology are a little bit of understanding about light. Hmm? What are CDs? DVDs. All that stuff. See, we're beginning to tap in. Some of the neatest stuff is when you begin to learn about light. And we barely, barely, barely scratched it. But God created it. (laughs) He completely understands it. He created light. He had it in himself. He spoke it out in faith. Light be, light become, and light became. And then what did he do? He stepped back and he said, that's good. <laughs> that is good if I did make it myself. That is, that is good. <laughs> I know I'm taking a little liberty, but do you understand? Through this, you can see who he is. He, God has no evil in him. None. He has no deception. None. No perversion. There is no dark side to God. None. Someone says, well, he he can get mad. Even when he does, it's good. (laughs) Well, he judges. All his judgments are perfect and good and right. He can't do anything bad. And what blesses him is when he is able to see good things and goodness manifested in other people's lives. He delights, the Bible says, in showing mercy. Will you just think about it? Anybody that you know of that you would say to some degree they're good people. Good people enjoy Blessing other people. Good people enjoy when something they can do makes somebody else happy. Don't they? A bad person only wants you to do something for me. And did you understand that the devil through unbelieving and confused people have lied on God until there's a lot of people believe he's that way? That God's only thing is what are you going to do for me? How are you going to serve me? I'm going to get you if you don't. And God has been lied on. God has been misrepresented. Hasn't he? And that's why people are staying away by the millions. Oh, but it's our job. It's our job to let him be good in us and on us and for us. And through us until the goodness just swells up and overflows out of our life until people see it. It's not us thumping the Bible and preaching at them all the time. It's going to draw them. The Bible said it's the goodness of God, the Lord, that's going to lead them to repentance. And when they see how good he is to us, they'll realize he's real. He's real. Look at that. He's real. I was telling a minister, I think I told you this before, but right after the Lord gave us this church, and 
He just gave it to us with no people, and he just paid for it like that. And I was telling this brother, he asked me about it, and he's Pastor Villard's work, and I was telling him exactly what happened. And he praised God with me, and we were eating a meal, and it was about 30 minutes later, and, and we talking about something else. He just laid his fork down. He looked at me. He said, brother, he said, that's got to be God. <laughs> I said, it was. I said, he's good. That's a witness. And everything in your life that God is able to do for you is a witness. And there needs to be so much of this that anybody that's around us, it just becomes undeniable. If you're going to be honest, you just have to admit all these good things couldn't just happen because of them. God must be real. And he must be good. Good. Let's keep reading. God saw the light. And what did he say? God said, that's good. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And uh, the scripture says, what is it down in verse 9? God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas, and God saw that it was good. See, good is a God word. It's one of his favorite words, because it describes what's inside of him and his will and what he likes And it describes what he does so perfectly. And he created and separated the waters from the continents and the dry land. And when he finished, he looked at it and he he said, that is good. He's looking at Mount Everest and Hawaii. And he's looking North and South America. And he's looking at the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific and... He said, that's good. What's his will? Then is bad his will? Is destruction? Devastation? Someone says, well, why is God doing all these earthquakes and these hurricanes and these storms? Who said he was? The Bible said the earth is groaning and travailing. It's dying like your body. But God didn't create it that way. It's that way because of sin that has come into the earth. So don't try to say, well, you know, God sent that tornado and tore their house up and God, you know, sent this and that. None of that would even exist if it was up to God. He made the thing the way he wanted it to be. And he wasn't looking at hurricanes when he said, that's good. He was looking at a perfect atmosphere, a perfect ecosystem, perfect weather. Everything was perfect. There weren't even any heavy rains. God had it fixed where the mist, it was a worldwide watering sprinkler system. Global sprinkling system. (laughs) That every 
day at the right time, the mist just came up and watered everything. And it, you know, didn't even rain hard enough to move the dirt from around the flowers. It just, and the next day was the same thing. So it was never too wet and it was never too dry. It was, it was good. Now, from the time you and I have been here, it's been messed up. Even in its fallen state, it's beautiful. Imagine what it was like. We're going to get to find out. I said, we're going to get to find out. Because God's going to restore it all, isn't he? There's going to be new heavens and new earth. And again, it's going to be perfect and good. The Bible said there will be no more curse, which means what? No more bad stuff. No more pain. Pain is bad. No more dying. Dying is bad. People try to say, well, you know, God takes them in death. Death was never even his perfect will. The Bible said death is the last enemy that you'll be put underfoot. Death is an enemy. That's why even though you know God and your body starts to die, it fights against it. Because you weren't supposed to. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more death. Why? All that's bad. It was not in God's original creation. And you read the end of the book, it's not going to be later when he's fixed everything. It is a perversion and distortion of God's original creation because of man's sin. The curse came in. All this bad stuff doesn't please God. He's good. I said he's good. I have stood beside men who were so mad they could have killed somebody right there. Having just lost a loved one. And some confused preacher told them that God took their 10 year old Brother, God took their baby. God did this because he knew what was best. And he needed another angel in the choir. And he loved them so much he wanted them to be with him. So he took them by that diesel truck running over that baby. And I've had people look me in the eye and say, well, if that's God, I don't want him. And I'll never darken another church door as long as I live. But that's not him. And see these people get like that because they believe a lie about God. They've been lied to. And sometimes by people that were supposed to be representing God and supposed to know him. God didn't do that. Well when did it happen? Because man has a free will. And because man has chosen wrong. And because sin has come in, and because of sin, Romans says, death has come in because of sin. If there would never been any sin, there would never have been any death, no wars, no famine, no tornadoes. There would never have been any of that. God's good. When he makes something, it's good. When he does something, it's good. How many remember James? Every good gift. And every, see that's one of the definitions of good too. Every perfect, complete thing. 
Every good and every perfect gift comes where? From above. From the Father of lights. With whom is what? No variability. He never has a bad day and does something bad. He never changes. He never varies. No variableness. Not, not even a shadow of changing. Not even, not even the smallest amount of change. What does that mean? He's good in the morning. He's good in the afternoon. In the nighttime, he's good. In the middle of the night, you get up and he's good. People are not acting right in your life, but God is still. He's good. You're experiencing some challenges. What's happening now? God is still. He's good all day long, all night long. He is always and only good. Good. And a good God wants good things to happen in your life. He wants to do things and you back up and go, oh God, you are so good. That's, that's so good. And he'll go, I know it. Ain't it good? You go, yes. It's, thank you, Jesus. You are good. Don't you tell me unsaved people see you doing that all the time while they're miserable. Getting drunk and getting high and blowing all their money and they feel worse when they get through than when they started. And every day you come in going, oh, God is so. <laughs> Look at what God just did for me. Look at what God did for them. Look at what God did for this. Look at what, look at what God did. Go ahead, brag on him. Other folk need to see his goodness. They want a good God like that. Keep reading. We were there in verse uh, 10. Verse 11, God said, let the earth bring forth grass. God likes grass. The herb yielding seeds. Somebody said, well, we have to cut it all the time. They didn't used to have to. Because that's work. And before the fall, there was no sweat of the brow stuff. I suspect you could just look out your house to the lawn and go, now that's tall enough. Because didn't God give man the dominion over every? Oh, you could come out one day and go, come, come on just a little bit higher. Yeah, that's, I like walking on that on my feet. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, maybe an inch. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. <laughs> we are about to see some stuff. I tell this life is just a vapor. It's here. It's gone. But you wait till you know what we see later. I'm telling you. You know what we'll be saying all the time? God. You are so good. He'll go, I know it. I'm good. I told you all the time you're on the earth. God, we didn't know you were this good. He said, I know it. I've always been this good. Hallelujah. He saw the herb yielding seed, the fruit tree yielding fruit after its kind, whose seed is in itself fruits good. Upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb and yielding seed after his kind, the tree yielding fruit whose seed is in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was 
Can you look at rotten apples and say, that's good? Can you look at bug-infested tomato plants and go, that's good? There was no disease. He made it the way his will is. He doesn't change. His will doesn't change. Problems that came in as a result of man's sin is not an improvement on God's creation and doesn't show his will. Keep reading. Down to verse uh, 16. God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars, the sun, the moon, the stars. How many think the sun's good? Moon, star. God set them in the firmament of the heaven. He put them, he created them and put them there. To give light upon the earth. To rule over the day and over the night. To divide the light from the darkness. And God looked at all that. And he saw, he saw that it was. Actually the words it was is added by the translator. It just said and God saw that. Good. He's looking at the sun. He's looking at the moon. He's looking at all the stars twinkling. He said that's good. That's good. Verse 20. God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that has life and and fowl that fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moves, which the waters brought forth abundantly. The Bible tells us that the creation of God shows his, his glory and his splendor. I mean, the stars and the heavens reveal his glory and splendor, don't they? That's who he is. That's what he is. Think about a world with no fish at all. That's, that's the way it was. Right before this, there was no fish. There was no marine life. There were no birds at all. God saw this vast expanse of water, and he says, there's something needs to be in that water. What needs to be in the water? And he created exactly what should be in the water. Now some of it's been affected by the curse. But even in its fallen state it's, it's glorious. And all the birds. And he made all of that. Living creature that moved. The waters brought forth abundantly after their kind. And every wing fell after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Verse 24, God said, let the earth bring forth a living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth after his kind. It was so. God made the beast of the earth after his kind, the cattle after his kind, everything that creeps upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let us make man. Did you know what you are? Everything else he made was good. <laughs> Said out loud, I'm good. God made me. He only makes good stuff. I must be good. Now, not everybody would say that with me. 
You don't want to believe you're bad. You don't want to believe that. You want to believe that God has recreated you. In his own likeness and image. If you're made in his likeness and image. It's got to be some good. Because he's nothing but good. You can't say I'm like God. God made me in his image. God's good but I'm not. That don't work. He said let us make man in our image. After our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea. The fowl of the air. Over the cattle and over all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. God made him. Made man. He blessed him. He said be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth. Verse 29. God said look I've given you every herb bearing seed. Verse 30. Every beast of the earth. And verse 31. And God saw what? Everything. Everything. That he had made. And behold. It was very good and the evening and the morning were the sixth day can you look at cancer and say behold it is very good can you look at people starving to death and say behold it is very good then it wasn't a part of God's original creation which means it's not his will everything that he made and he got he kept saying he'd make something he'd go that's good He'd make something else and he'd say, that's good. He'd make something else and that's good. When he finished with all of it, he took it all in and he said, this is very good. And it made him happy. And he rested. Why? A good God does good things. Only does good things. Now, chapter 2, it keeps going. Chapter 2, he talks about that mist, you know, that came up from the earth and watered the ground. God's global sprinkler system. Nothing was ever too dry or ever too wet. And God, the Lord God, verse 8, planted a garden. Gardens are good. Eastward in the Eden, there he put the man whom he had formed, and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that's pleasant in the sight and good for food, the tree of life also, in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of what? But here's something else. Good and what? And bad. Because you can't have real love unless the person has a choice. You can't have real faith unless the person has a choice. And the devil tempted them, you know, to get a hold of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, what were they missing out on? They already had knowledge of good. There was nothing they touched that wasn't good. It was good every day. It was good all the time. What did they not know about? They didn't know about the evil or the bad. How many understand there are some things you don't need to know about? We live in a society that's confused. People will spend untold amounts of money to make movies, to do plays, to write books that just go to the depths of depravity about evil, murder, and rape, and every bad thing that you can imagine. 
And then the people will applaud it and go, what a tremendous job they did acting. What does that matter? If it's evil, who wants to know it? That was too weak. Oh, they did such a marvelous job portraying that. It was so realistic. Whoop-dee-doo. If it's evil, it's evil. It's bad. We don't need to know about it. The Bible told us to be wise concerning that which is good, but concerning evil, we're supposed to be simple. What does that mean? Ned and the first reader. Don't know. Somebody try to talk to you about some evil thing and you go, huh? And they go, you mean you don't know about that? Be glad you don't know about that. That doesn't show that you're lacking in some way. So we live in a society where people think, well, to be a respectable individual, you need to be well read. And you need to have life and world experience. What are they saying? You need to experience evil and know the difference. No, you do not. No, you do not. Well, there's parents that have been mean to their kids. Well, boy, you got to learn. It's rough out there in the world. Be mean to them. I'm going to teach you about how to be a man. That ain't right. I said that ain't right. The ideal thing is to go as long as you can and learn as little about evil as you can. And if you're faced with something that's bad, believe your good God to get through it and overcome it. Overcome evil with good. We're to have so much good that it swallows up the bad and overcomes the bad. Can you say amen? Amen. That's what the devil was tempting them with. Of course, they didn't have a clue what he's talking about. Man, if they'd have known what they were, you know, drooling to find out about. We could tell them a thing or two, couldn't we? If we could have been there at the tree and they said, oh, 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 knowledge of good and evil. Knowledge of good. The devil says, ooh, evil. You don't know anything about it, but you, you learn about evil, you'll be like God. They said, oh, we need to find out about this evil. We could have took them aside and said, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Let me tell you about bad. Dying from starvation and cancer and pain and AIDS and poverty. You don't want to know. You don't want to know. But they did. And so we've all found out about it. Notice this. He goes on to say, after talking about good and evil and all this good through the previous verses, the river of Eden to water the garden from which it parted became four heads. And the name of the first is Pison, that which encompasses the land, whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. Why mention that? Who made it? God made the gold. And verse 12, then he says, and the gold of that land is good. Say it out loud, the gold Gold is good. good. Say it again. The gold. gold Are you quoting the Bible? Who made the gold? God. God made the gold. 
Is the gold good or bad? Oh, don't chase after the gold. Because gold's bad. No, it ain't. Gold's good. What's our currency system supposed to be based on? It's supposed to be paper representing precious metals. So, that's why I said it's supposed to be. So, but it, so the money then, is money bad? It's supposed to be a paper representation of the gold. Well, if money is bad, then the gold should be bad. It's having a lot of gold. Would that be good or bad? I'm almost through here, but you got to help me just a little more. I mean, and this was the thing I was trying to get to all ago. One of the words I kept finding was the word goods. Goods. G-O-O-D with an S. And it talked about, you know, the Lord blessed them with a lot of goods. And I looked it up and I thought, they're talking about sheep and goats and wagons and tents and stuff. And the Lord spoke to Mark. He said, did you notice I didn't call it bads? <laughs> They're not called bads. No. <laughs> They're called what? Yeah. Goods. Yes. <laughs> Goods. He said, God said, and over here, you know, I made these rivers. And they go out of here. And there's this place over here. He said, and there's gold over there. I put a lot of gold over there. He said, and that gold is good. Well, you know, a man of God talked like that today, and people would throw tomatoes at him. Right. You know, if you say, oh, man, there's a lot of gold over there. Whoo, and that gold is good stuff. People go, oh, you covetous, money-hungry rascal. Get the stones. And you'd have been quoting God verbatim, which shows how far religion has fallen from God. Resources, goods are good. Because good people can do good stuff with a lot of good gold and a lot of good money. Just because some bad people do some bad stuff with it doesn't change God's intent and His will and His creation. We told, we heard about these people getting blessed through the internet. Well, you know there's a lot of bad stuff on the internet, but that doesn't mean you throw the internet away because people are also getting saved and healed and delivered. You can do evil or good with it and the same with money. God said, here, I made all this gold. He said, he told them where it was. It's over there. And it's good. That gold I put, that gold is good stuff. Man, that just blows giant holes in the poverty doctrine now, don't it? It just, it just messes it up. Stand on your feet. Shut out loud. God is good. God is good. Say it again. Tell the Lord personally, say, Lord, you are so good. Oh, Lord, you're so good to us. You are so good to us. You are so good to us. You are so good to us. Oh, thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. 
If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.